Welcome to From the Den Podcast, providing Bears and NFL fans alike with compelling news, discussion, and debate. I'm your co-host, Benjamin, joined alongside my dear friend and co-host, Orin. Hey, Benjamin, let's get right into it. As always, kickoff starts now. Welcome to the sixth episode of From the Den, where today we have a very special guest, former Florida Gator and NFL player, Mac Brown. Yeah, Mac, thank you so much for being on this podcast again. And a pretty cool coincidence, this podcast is set to upload on May 11th, the five-year anniversary of Mac's first signing with the Texans. Is, is that correct? Yes, sir. It is. Uh, That's correct. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So how you doing, Mac? I'm doing good, man. Just, you know, every day, just thankful to wake up every day. Just, you know, ready to get my day started for training. So I train in the morning. Hmm. So right now I'm feeling kind of tired, but I got one more later on also. All right. I'm glad you're doing well. So we're going to start. Who is your favorite player drafted out of Florida this year in the NFL draft? My favorite player drafted out of Florida this year. Um, I like to say this year, the kid, CJ Henderson. Um, oh, like my favorite position to watch is corners. I love corners. I love their ball hawk mentality. I love how they get out of transition. I love how they come up and make hits. How they, you know, guard receivers because they got to guard the fast guys on the field mostly. So mm-hmm. you know, I say CJ Henderson. I think it'll be right. great. Yeah, and what's great about CJ Henderson is that he's a very good man coverage cornerback. He's his weakness, I would say, is tackling, but he's very strong in man coverage, which I think could translate pretty well in the NFL, especially for the Jaguars. Yeah, definitely. Because in football, um, a lot, a lot of times in college, I say college, a lot of people play zone. So when they come to the NFL and play man, they can't really pick up the scheme or really can't guard receivers like they want to. So a lot of corners in the NFL have a hard time transitioning from college to pro. But you know, playing the scheme they had in Florida this year, he's definitely played already in pro coverage. So he's gonna be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, in high school, according to 24-7 Sports, you were ranked the second running back in Georgia behind Storm Johnson. Your high schools were around 20 miles away, and you guys both ended up going to colleges in Florida. He ended up going to Miami and later transferring to UCF. And you also played in the same team in the 2010 Under Armour All-American game. Was there any, any, was there any, any competition between you guys, or were there like a mutual friendship? Oh, mutual friendship. Actually... So my senior year, I pulled my hamstring week seven of my senior year, and I missed the whole season. But I was number one player in the state of Georgia um, hmm. before that. So I was number one running back, but also number one player in the state of Georgia. And Ogletree is right right, right behind me. Um, but Storm Johnson, I knew Storm since I was six years old. We grew up together. So actually, the park I played at my first year, um, Storm was playing at the rivalry team. Then when I played, then I went to his team the next year, he went to another team. So we never had a chance to play with each other, but I knew him since I was – Six. Actually, I just talked to Storm yesterday. He got oh, his own wow. training business. So, yeah. oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah. But definitely, I had a show. I wanted to show everybody in the state of Georgia I was the best running back. Not just him. I wanted to show everybody that. But my senior year, I ended up getting injured. But my junior year, going to my senior year, I was the number one player in the state of Georgia. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So as someone who grew up in Georgia, what led you to commit to Florida over other colleges like Alabama or Michigan? Um, I mean, Florida type of, you know, tradition. They was winning. You know, Tim Tebow was the best player in college football. Um, I talked to him a couple of times. Just talking to Tebow really, you know, reeled me in. Also, Urban Meyer is one of the best coaches I've ever been around in my life. So getting recruited personally by Urban Meyer, that made me, you know, my decision a little bit more easier. 
And, um, you know, going to Florida is nice. My grandma was living like, what, 15 minutes, 20 minutes from the school. So yeah. I had family around there, away from my my immediate family. So, you know, sometimes you want to get away from home and, and grow up. Also, you still got your grandma, your aunts around the corner. So you can't get too far from, you know, the way you, um, the way you are as a family. So uh, that's the main thing. And I love Florida. There's nice beaches down there. So. Since one of the main reasons you went to Florida was Urban Meyer, was it tough when he left or was it, it pick up the same way? Um, it, it definitely was tough because in college, you know, people always say, recruit, you know, commit to the school, don't commit to a coach. So mm-hmm. wherever Meyer ended up leaving, a lot of new coaches that come in, they want to recruit their own guys. So, you know, when Urban Meyer ended up leaving, I probably, I kind of got lost in the shuffle. That's why when I got to the pros, they're like, you can still play. But they like, why you run, run like that in college? They're like, you know, I didn't really have opportunity in college because sometimes when new coaches come in, they want their own guys to play. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I played for a great coach. Well, Mushan, he was a great coach. Just sometimes, you know, when new guys come in, they want their own type of style. So that's what happened. But, I mean, I had an opportunity to play a lot of times. And I got my film so I could get to the pros. So I never thought about transferring from Florida because Florida is the best school to me in the country. So that's why I'm happy I stayed there. Mm-hmm. So speaking about that, in um in your first college start ever in 2013, you rushed for 112 yards and two touchdowns on 25 carries against Toledo. What do you think came upon you during that game? Was it like a lot of hard work that came together, or just a really spontaneous breakout game? Um, I said a lot of hard work that came together. Not just that, but just you know, um, I've been a I've been a running back since I was younger. I know how to run the ball. I know the timing. I know how to cut. So my main thing was, you know what. You've been here before. Just keep your confidence, and when you get your, your chance to play, show people that you can play, no matter how much you played before that. But you know you're here for a reason. So once I got in the game and that first hit, the first contact went away, I was ready to run. And I, was in a, I was just in a good zone. So that's why I had a good game. Yeah, it's kind of like what you said earlier, that the coaches after Urban Meyer, they, they wanted to bring in their own guys. But when you got the chance, you really showed to everyone that you could be the running back one for Florida, and you should be. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and that's what I'm thankful for because you know, just people always say all the time, just in order to get ready, you got to stay ready. So that's what I always do: just stay ready no matter what. When your number is called, even in doing a podcast, whenever your number is called, when the company call, like you know what, I want you guys to work for us at Fox Fox Five News. You know, y'all get prepared now. So, my preparation is for success. When you prepare for anything in life, you prepare for success. You prepare to be the best. So that's the main thing. So. No matter what, how many times I may run the ball last game, I'm training like I ran the ball 20 times for the game coming up. So just stay ready. Yeah. So um, wait. At first, I have a quick question. Just after that first big game against Toledo, did you sense like some like a change of respect, a change of respect among your teammates, or was it were you always like respected? How was was anything different after that game? No, it's funny. My teammates always respect me, but um, after the game, I guess more fans were like, "Oh, Max still has it." He got lost, but he still could run. My coaches started respecting me more, also. Um, so I mean, that season I ended pretty good. Um, I had a couple more starts after that, but you know, like I said again, a lot of other guys being a lot of backs, so I didn't really had as many opportunities as I wanted that year, but I had enough opportunities. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So a lot of NFL players say they have a welcome to the NFL moment when they kind of, kind of snap for them, and they realize, wow, I'm playing in the the big league. I'm I'm getting tackled by these, the best players in the NFL, in the world. So what do you think your welcome to the NFL moment was? My welcome to the NFL moment was, it wasn't the preseason. My preseason was my 
2015 with the Redskins. It was 2016 um, when I started playing and I made it for the three-man roster. Once I made it for the three-man roster and I was out there with the real fans and the real crowd, I was like, wow, I'm in the NFL. Because in 2015, even though I was on practice squad, you can't dress out on the sideline. So 2016, when it came around, I'm on the team and I'm playing in the game. I'm like, wow, everybody in the world is watching me play football right now. I'm like, well, I'm in the NFL. So that was yeah. big. But I could tell you my most defining moment um, in the NFL, um, it was against um, the New Orleans Saints, the Miracle on Turf. I was with the Vikings. Yeah. yeah. That's when yeah. I really knew, like, I'm in football. I said, wow, this is football. This is this is the best game in the world. I'm, I'm so excited. And every, I thought about everything I've been through from college to now. I was like, wow, all that paid off. Me not playing in college, I'm still here. And I'm now one game away from being in the Super Bowl after this, after this next week. Yeah. That was the best game I've ever seen in my life was Minnesota versus <laughs> Saints. Yeah, was there, when you played in, when you started playing, was there ever one specific player that tackled you and you thought, wow. Now I know I'm in the NFL. Like the, like was there ever a player that stuck out as elite to you, like very clearly? Here? You know what though? So my first couple of times playing, I mean, I go back to this in practice. Um, we had a lot of players on my team in practice as elite. Like when I got to the Redskins, just being around D'Angelo Hall, you know, as a young boy, you watch D'Angelo Hall get drafted by the Falcons. I'm from Atlanta, so when I see D'Angelo Hall in practice, I'm like, wow, this is D'Angelo Hall. Um, also. Watching the guy Trent Williams, he didn't tackle me, but he was on my team. Left tackle, he was the best left tackle I've ever seen in my life. Um, he's blocking for us in practice, but when I got to the game, um, I was playing special teams. There's one guy on special teams, I can't think of his name right now. Um, I can't think of his name. All I know, he looked like Thor, you know, Thor from Marvel. Mm-hmm. He, he played for the Eagles, his number was 56. I don't remember his name, but when he hit me in the game, I said, This is the NFL. I mean, he hit me so hard. Like, it was the hardest shit I ever hit by. <laughs> I still think about it to this day. Like, it was the Philadelphia Eagles. I think week eight. Good gracious. Hmm. Okay. So, um, we played We played in London. Uh, we played the guy. What's the guy named from the Bengals everybody talk about? A linebacker. Vontez um, Burfitt. Yeah, Burfitt. Yeah, we played him. It hit me one time in the game, too. And that was a, that was a hard hit also. Yeah. Was it nasty or was it just a clean hard hit? It was a clean hit. He just he's he got had a bad hit. reputation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was with him in the preseason this year, Oakman. Oh, oh, how was that? He was cool. <laughs> he was cool. Um, okay. When you when you look at that Oakland team that you were at at the preseason, they seem like a team that has it seems like kind of a rebuilding team, but also it seems like they could be a team that could end up making the playoffs as a surprise team. You think that they could end up doing that this year, or they need a few more years to really develop before they make the playoffs? Actually, with John Gruden and Mike Mayock, I think anything is possible with that team. Last year, I really felt like the team had a chance to go into the playoffs. Um, I think just a couple injuries happened and a couple distractions went on. Um, but you kept that same court. I was around the whole training camp to the season. It definitely would have been one of the top seasons in the AFC last year, for sure. Just mm-hmm. a lot of things happened before the season started. A lot of moving pieces happened. And um, – if they kept the same core around, I think they would have made the playoffs for sure. But this year, you know, I'm watching the offseason right now, the moves they're making, and I think Mike Mayock and John Gruden are doing a hell of a job because right now I feel like they might be the team to beat to go to Super Bowl. They got a lot of new pieces. They got a lot of new guys coming in. They got, they got one of my favorite players on the Raiders this year, Jason Witten. He's a locker room hero. And he's a captain. So you got somebody like that that could bring the uh, confidence, also bring the type of captain that you need in the locker room. There's no way they're not win games. So I, I for sure 
um, believe they're going to playoffs this year. Yeah, so speaking of that, like about the Raiders, when you look at the the Raiders, it seemed like this offseason they tried not to get necessarily get rid of Derek Carr, but it felt like they weren't so... They were moving on from him. With him, and even in free agency, they signed Marcus Mariota, which I guess you could say that was to sign a backup, but Mariota's a very, very good backup. I'm not sure you can really say that. So do you think that the Raiders are correct in trying to get rid of Carr, or do you think that they should stick with him? Um, You know what? You know, upstairs in the office, I don't know exactly what they need or what they want. Their cars will be a great quarterback no matter what team he's on. But um, bringing a guy like Mariota in, it is it is a competition. Um, but I feel like they did show respect to Derek Carr by not drafting a quarterback because they didn't draft one in the first or second round. So just bringing another veteran in to compete with Derek Carr and actually with Nate Peterman, I think that's the right thing to do if you do have a great quarterback. You know, if Derek Carr get hurt, you want to have a – if Derek Carr get hurt, they're not a rebuilder mode no more. If Derek Carr get hurt, you need a, a vet to go in and pick up the pieces no matter what. So get, you drive a quarterback first round, Derek Carr, get hurt, then you back in the rebuilding stage. So I think that's a smart move they made. Yeah. Um, going back to the Redskins in your 2016 season, I believe, uh, I think it was interesting that you didn't mention your first ever touchdown, which is also 61 yards, which is very impressive, as yeah. like an impactful moment or a welcome to the NFL moment. So I was just wondering uh, what, that experience was, what that experience was like for you, what was your mindset, and so on. My mom said, um, you know what? That year was kind of funny because um, in that preseason, um, I won. The, I feel like I won the job for the last spot at running back. If you watch the game, the guy that won the last running back job, um, I beat him out in the game. I had 144 yards. He had 99. He had 90 yards. Um, so, but he was a great back. He's definitely a great back. So him winning the job, you know, I, I congratulate him winning the job. But you know, as competitor, you want to get more carries. So, you know, not getting a carry until week 16, I was like, wow. I thought I deserved to get carried early in the year. Um, so when I got to the Chicago Bulls, not Chicago Bulls, Chicago Bears game, I watched the last dance last night. So I got to the Chicago Bears game, and I broke a run. If you see the way I threw the ball down, I was like, I should have been scored. But it wasn't about that. Just I'm thankful I did score. But I was kind of – my mindset was like I could have been scored a long time ago. I just didn't have the opportunity to score. Um, but I was thankful to be on that team because the Redskins was definitely one of the best um, teams. Like I've been around the best organization. I know they get a lot of wrath all the time, but, you know, they they, they showed me right. They definitely treated me with all respect because as an undrafted guy coming out of college and they gave me an opportunity to make the 53-man roster, I'll never forget that, ever. Um, that's why I always watch the Redskins to this day. But, you know, that year I really felt like I should have got more cares early in the year because I was in, I was in a, like, a good mood and a good zone. So when I scored a touchdown, I was just like I could have been scored early in the year because a competitor, you want to be the best running back of the season. So that's how you are. Yeah. yeah. So speaking about how you said about the last dance you were watching, have there ever been any players in the NFL that you thought that kind of play and kind of act like Michael Jordan with such a competitive edge? Maybe not even on your team, just people that you've heard of that have played or just anybody in the NFL that has such a competitive, just so competitive. A need for competition and um, like competition wise, they always want to like go get somebody and always want to beat them. Um, let me see, who do I know in the NFL is like that? Um, trying to think somebody Redskins. Let me see. Um, I could say, I'm trying to see, well, competitor wise, I know people that I feel like that's a pro like Michael Jordan. Um, but I don't know competitor wise in football. You don't want to keep doing one on ones like that. Basketball is different. You want to compete. But football wise, I could say as being a pro. Um, Cal Rudolph for the Vikings, the tight end. 
He's a pro. I see him every day at five in the morning. I get there at six fifteen. He got there at five in the morning. Meetings up to seven thirty, and he said he already did two miles on the bike. So as a pro, he reminded me of like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. He told me he um lived right next to Kobe back in Cali a couple years ago. So I guess he had a conversation with Kobe, and I guess that's why his workout has changed. But he was a pro. Man, every morning he's there at five in the morning working out. I mean, before everybody gets there. So it's not it's not a good thing for Bears fans. I was kind of hoping he would retire soon, but I <laughs> not gonna happen. Oh, no, nah, not for him. You know what? Like I think last year they was kind of like trying to move past him, but he proved to the team again this last year that he's still got another four years. He looks he's amazing. Yeah, I, yeah. Someone told me that he was he was pretty pretty much traded to the Patriots for a first round pick. But then the I think the Patriots went out of the trade at the last second, and he re-earned their respect. Clearly, yeah. last, last year, 2019, right? 2019, he was pretty yeah, much yeah, yeah. Patriots. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah sure. So just going back to what you said about how you really respect the Redskins, I was just wondering, uh, was that your favorite NFL team to be a part of, or is there another specific team that sticks out? My favorite NFL team to be a part of is I love the Vikings because the Vikings locker room was. A locker room like Minnesota Vikings locker room was a real team, but if I say my favorite team to be a part of, um, I'm thankful for every team. But I say my favorite team, I would say the Redskins. The reason why I say Redskins because I had a lot of my college teammates on the Redskins. Like I had Quinn Dunbar, Matt Jones, I had Josh Evans, I had Jordan Reed. Then I had my, one of my closest friends I grew up with, um, Preston Preston Smith. I knew since I was five years old. Then I had my friend Kenny Latler, I knew since five. So I had a lot of guys on that team that I. I grew up with or I knew, and then I had one of my guys look up to Kirk Cousins in um in the Angela Hall. So for those guys, you grew with those guys, you know, you grew with them since you're since a rookie and since college. So that's my favorite team. But as the locker room, the Vikings locker room was a real team. Like this year, the first year I seen the Vikings not having their whole core together. Cause they you think about the Vikings team with Harrison Smith and Kirk, I mean not Kirk Cousins, but Harrison Smith and um Xavier Rose and all those guys, they've been together for like five to six years. This will be the first year a lot of those guys are not gonna be together in like six years. That's, that's like one team. They remind me of um, what team? Like how the how the Bulls was back in the nineties. How the whole team stayed together for ten years. Mm-hmm. You watch the Vikings. The Vikings been together for six years or more. Yeah. Most of those guys, yeah. So this is the first year they're not gonna be together. So, yeah. Um, so speaking of the Vikings, the Minneapolis miracle. You talked about it earlier. It was one of the most amazing and crazy plays ever. Do you think that did could you anticipate on the sideline something special was going to happen? What was your reaction to the play? How did like the whole atmosphere feel when it happened? I was right next to I don't remember who I was next to. Um, I want to say I was next to Anthony Harris. Yeah, I think I think I was next to Anthony Harris on the sideline. I told him I said, "Listen, we about to score," and he looked back at me like, "You serious?" I said, "You about to score?" <laughs> so I called it out on the sideline, and the ball was went to Adam Thielen and Dixon up catching the ball. But when Dace caught the ball, when I tell you, once he caught the ball, initial catch, the crowd went silent. When he started running to the end zone, the crowd started going louder. Like, it was going like a, a triangle effect. Like, it was getting louder and louder until he got to the top of the triangle. Once he got to the end zone, the crowd in the sideline went bananas. People, we was crying, screaming, couldn't hear each other. So Diggs took a knee to pray, and we took a knee to pray. The whole crowd went silent. It was like a moment of silence. And once he took, stood up and threw his helmet off, the crowd went crazy again. We didn't leave the field until like 45 minutes after the game. Like, everybody was still cheering. <laughs> but that's probably the best memory. If I don't play football ever again, I'll never forget that memory. That's probably the best memory of my life. Yeah, 
winning winning a playoff game and a game winning touchdown. That's just something special. And against Drew Brees. And the thing about that game, we was beating them so bad and they came back on us. Yeah. They came back. Yeah. Um, about the Raiders, were you on in 2017 they were doing hard knocks? Were you there when they were the, the filming for the HBO show? Oh, tw- 2019. Oh, 2019. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, I was on I was on Hard Knocks also. Yeah, yeah. Well, how was that experience? I mean, it's it? funny because like in the meeting room, you know, sometimes in NFL you might check your phone to text, mm-hmm. like when you can't use your phone to meetings, but the cameras are everywhere, so you really couldn't check your phone at all. You couldn't check your watch. So yeah, like was, everywhere you go, it's, it's cameras. It was cameras everywhere. Hot tubs. You see cameras by the bathroom. You can't say nothing too crazy. Behind, like, say you waiting to get get in, you get your chance to get in practice. It's cameras right behind you. Listen to your every conversation. It was kind of cool, man. I felt like I was in a movie. <laughs> was it uncomfortable <laughs> at all? Like, how you couldn't say anything and you felt like you weren't like not really because John Gruden to me is like a like Tom Cruise. <laughs> so every day with John, I think John Gruden was really in acting mode. Like, I mean, that's how he is without cameras. But I think with cameras, he really was in like his bag. So like, it was funny every day being by John Gruden. So yeah, so it was a positive experience overall. Oh, so it was so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> I think that, I think it get a negative connotation. Um, hard knocks. A lot of guys are like, no, we're gonna get cut. We're gonna be scared. But really, hard knocks is really it was amazing to me. It was amazing because more people see you. If you if you feel like you're better than another guy, then more people gonna see you perform because you on HBO. They can't hide the cameras. So that was good for guys like me. Yeah. So speaking of just the NFL and all that. You recently played the Tampa Bay Vipers of the XFL, who were coached by Mark Tressman. First of all, how was the experience with Mark Tressman? And second of all, um, do you think that the XFL will rebound? And if not, do you plan to return to the NFL, or are you going to go to a different league? Also, just um, a quick – oh, sorry, you can go. No, you can go. No, so so XFL was just for me to show guys I'm still in shape, because when you get released from the preseason, um, I, I thought I should have got signed by a team, but I didn't. Um, I finished in preseason as one of the top rushers in preseason. So when I didn't get signed, I was like, you know what? Let me stay in shape. XFL called my number. So I was like, you know what? Let me go out there and just get a couple games in just to stay in shape. You know, it's, it's nothing better than showing scouts you still can play football. So when I was XFL, you know, I, I was more going towards being on special teams instead of being on running back because guys know I can play running back. But you show guys you can play kickoff return, then that's pretty big on the list. So once I did all that, I was like, you know, it's time for me to, you know, so I ended up going back home. Um, so the, so the scout, you know, I, I ended up taking a hit to my hip hip pointer. Had a hip pointer after the game two. So when it happened, I was like, you know what? Let me end up just, you know, I told Coach Tresman, like, I'm going to go home for a little while because my hip hurt and I want to, you know, you know, miss my chance up to get back in what I'm trying to get to because my main goal is to get back to the NFL. So that I had to make a decision. So for you, was uh, the XFL just a gateway to get back into the NFL? Could you ever see just playing the XFL full time? Um, you know what? XFL was definitely a great lead. Um, but my, you know, my agent was telling me just make sure teams know you're in shape. So that's my main thing was to show teams I'm in shape. So I played a couple of games, but when I took a hit to my hip flexor, um, I was like, you know what? I just got to go back home. Cause at that time, um, of my career, my uncle just had a major stroke. Um, he's on bed rest, so I couldn't really think on football. I was like, okay, I just got hit in my hip flexor. Then my uncle's on bed rest. I said, um. I got to go home because I don't know how much long my uncle have, but my uncle, you know, the crazy thing about it, my uncle in the passing just yesterday afternoon. So him passing away, he's like, I'm happy I did come back to, you know, to see him 
to be able to, you know, talk to him before he did pass. So I had to make a decision. But I love, like, I love football, and I know I deserve to be in the NFL. So right now I'm just doing everything possible um, to get back in. Because I feel like last year I showed a lot of teams that I'm healthy, and I feel like I should have made a team. But, you know, you never know what God got for you. So right now I'm just waiting on my moment to get back in. But I will get back in this year. Mm-hmm. Have there been any teams that have contacted you yet about joining an NFL team or no? Um, it's teams that contacted my manager. Um, I don't know what teams called because right now, you know, with the COVID-19, a lot of teams has been calling a lot of veterans like that. Most veterans that's getting signed are veterans that was on teams last year that's just restructuring contracts. But veterans that was free agents, a lot of us didn't get signed yet. Um, most of the guys that got, like, um, practice eligibility, like younger guys that didn't really play that much, they get signed to the 90-man. But um, I think most of our calls will come the end of this month or, or June, but we won't, we won't get called until after training camp, I feel. Or like during training camp, so we won't be on the ninety man initial roster, but we be there by the time training camp starts. Like a lot of other bets, like me. Yeah. Do you um? Did you model your game after any specific running back, or like, or just another player? Like, is there any NFL player that really inspired you? Um, Adrian Peterson did. Adrian Peterson, Ladainian Thompson, without a doubt. I think those are the two favorite backs of all time to me. Um, my favorite back of all time is definitely between Emma Smith and, and Tony Dorsett. But as far as modeling my game behind somebody, I watched Adrian Peterson and Ladainy Thompson all day long. Um, I used to wear Ladainy Thompson cleats when I was growing up, called LTDs. Um, and also with Adrian Peterson, I was on his team with him just two years ago. I think he's just a, a major pro. He's, he's, he runs so aggressive. He's so fast and elusive, but he loves contact. And he's just so smart about football. So... Watching Danny Thomas and Adrian Peterson definitely, you know, that's what I'm modeling my game behind. All right, Mac, we're going to let you go soon, but just one more question. Uh, is there any advice that you would give to young and aspiring high school running backs or athletes alike? Yes, any athlete, um, my advice to any athlete that's younger is, first off, in life, you got to have two feet in, no matter what you do. Always have two feet in. If you have one foot in and one foot out, you never make it. And always believe in your dreams because if you believe in your dreams so much, you work hard on your dreams, you turn your dreams to reality. But also, when you want to be the best athlete possible, you need to cross train. A lot of people that do is if you're a running back, for instance, don't just use a running back trainer to get better because when you get a running back trainer, you're going to max out with that running back trainer. So you want to be the best running back. You think about running backs, you want to be fast, you want to be strong, you want to be able to jump. So get your track coach to teach you how to run speed. Get your basketball coach to teach you how to jump. So you put all that together in one, it makes you the best athlete. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you, and man. We're uh, you wishing Thanks. you the best of luck, and we know that you'll be on be in the NFL soon. Looking forward to Thank seeing you, you in the Pro Bowl. If you, have to, you know it. If you have to choose between two teams. Make sure you come to Chicago. <laughs> you know it, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank yeah, I'm you. doing. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode of From the Den, please remember to comment or leave a review depending on your listening platform. Or if you're a Packers fan, remember to write some nasty reviews and comments. Thanks for listening and bear down.